Hi there, I'm Lori Hellman, a mom to an incredible young adult son on the autism spectrum. My goal when creating the Living the Sky Life podcast three years ago was that the content of each episode bring hope, connection, and some valuable takeaways to each listener. The special needs parenting village is large, so you should never feel like you have to travel this journey alone. If you haven't already, please connect with me through my website, Facebook page, or Instagram account. And let's keep the conversation going after each episode airs. If you are enjoying the podcast and are listening on Apple iTunes, please leave a rating and written review and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for tuning in and subscribing to season three of Living the Sky Life. Welcome back to another episode of Living the Sky Life. Today is a solo episode. Um, I wanted to get on here. I haven't done a solo episode in quite some time. And I thought it was a very fitting time with tomorrow being the first day of April, which also brings about Autism Awareness, Autism Acceptance Month, whatever you want to call it. Um, But it's a month where we devote, as parents and caregivers of autistic individuals, we devote a lot of time to educating and spreading more awareness. Uh, There shouldn't need to be a spread of awareness, but um, just about the statistics, I always like to to talk about... um, more future things. Um, I've found so many statistics recently um, that I plan to share throughout the month just about aging out of services and the numbers are just astronomical of the number of adults that are turning 22 every year um, and aging out of services. So I'll be sharing a bunch of those things and I highly encourage everyone to share little tidbits about your own children and about your own life. Um, I hate that it's just the month of April that people tend to kind of focus on autism a little bit more when it doesn't directly impact them. But every little bit that we can do during this month to raise um, an education level to the community around us, I think the more the merrier. And I, I for one, love reading everybody's stories and hearing all the good um, with our children and all the milestones that they've achieved and all the happy things. And of course, you know, the trying times too. Um, I try not to leave that out because it's it's a challenge. And speaking of trying times and um, feeling all the feels, this month also brings about pretty much every emotion for me. Uh, Skylar's 19th birthday is next week. Um, I can't even believe I'm saying that out loud. I, I felt the same reaction when uh, last year I did a solo episode when he was turning 18, which brought about all kinds of feelings because um, that was the point where we needed to start the adult processes, uh, applying for social security for him, going to our attorney and setting up our guardianship for him. That was really, really hard. Um, And I'm so grateful to the many parents and caregivers who have already been through that process. Their young adults are a little older than Skylar and they held my hand emotionally (laughs) and walked me through the process so that I made sure everything that I needed for Skylar was in place um, pretty painlessly, other than emotionally painful to me. Um, But, you know, this year is really no different. Um, This year, with him turning 19, I feel good about having all of those 18-year-old things in place. Um, But I've really, really started thinking about the future. I had always thought about it when he was 16 and when he was 17 and 18, but for some reason this year, as he is in his last year of teens, I've really 
dove deep into the research, the facilities, the day programs, all around the country, because I know where we live currently, there is a huge gap. Um, I know there's a gap in every state. I've, I've heard from parents, I believe, in all 50 states. And it's a huge problem when our children are aging out of services at 21 or 22. But in the state we live in, there are only, in a, the counties around us that he would be eligible for, there are only, I think, two day programs, and he's only eligible for one because of the severity of his needs and the fact that he needs somebody next to him one-on-one all day, every day, and to help with bathroom um, stuff. So he's really not eligible. And, you know, we never know when he may have behaviors that are just kind of nowhere. And they usually don't, uh, (laughs) they tend to frown upon behaviors as well of someone who can't keep their hands to themselves on occasion. So um, we're at a loss for that. And then, um, you know, I'm not really planning to stay here long term. So I don't want to really look into group homes or residential facilities, which those are scarce here as well uh, for him. But having this podcast has been such a great wealth of resource for me and hopefully you listeners as well. Um, I've had the opportunity over these three years to talk to parents of younger children, parents of um, older age children, young adults, to all kinds of medical professionals, therapists, all of that. And lately, I've re-listened to some of the episodes with with parents who have had to make the decision um, about residential placement. And I actually have an episode um, with a phenomenal mom coming up um, in in a week or two on the podcast. Also, we talked all about residential homes, and my perspective has changed so much on that. I am the first to admit I was always that mom who said, never, ever, ever is Skylar going to live anywhere other than with me? I I just, I had a horrible picture and perspective of group homes, residential living as kind of like a nursing home setting where they really barely interacted with my son and that they would, you know, just kind of keep him in his bed and in his room all day and he wouldn't have much interaction. And I know that that was probably the worst case scenario of some places that are like that. But from the moms who I've spoken with um, have had really wonderful experiences. Um, Both of them, uh, Michelle O'Reilly is one that I'm referencing from several episodes ago. Um, But in the mom coming up in a few weeks, um, Joanne, we talked about the need for those residential placements being on an emergency type situation. The behaviors just got to be so overwhelming for both of them that they just couldn't manage their sons and kind of had to do an emergency force placement for them. But even in that scenario, both of their sons are thriving. I think Michelle's son is 19 or perhaps 20 at this point, doing so well. He was a lot like Skylar. He at 18 was not toilet trained um, and entered the facility with no communication and in keeping up with Michelle after that episode, and I highly encourage you to go back and, and listen to um, Michelle O'Reilly. I will look up the episode and note it in the comments so you can go right to it. But um, I've kept up with her, and her son is thriving. He is communicating using um, AAC devices, and he was toilet trained. I mean, I think she said like within 
three to five months of being in um, the residential facility, they they said when she called to ask them if they needed more pull-ups and things, they're like, nope, he doesn't need those anymore. And so, I mean, and he's always happy when he visits her on the weekends or when she comes to see him. And the same with my guest, um, as a spoiler alert, um, she her son is 29 and he's doing much, much better too outside of her home. So I guess I say all of that to to tell you kind of why my mind has shifted a little bit. Um, you know, it's not something that I'm gonna rush out and and do uh, as far as placement for Skylar, but my perspective has changed so much in that I want to do what's best for his future and my future and my husband's future. Um, you know, if he if if miraculously the Stellara that he's on for his ulcerative colitis helps with the behaviors. And he, in the next three years, becomes a completely different young adult to have around, then I absolutely want to keep him with us and we can have a lot of fun and do a lot of day outings together and just do all of the things. But I know at this point, after 19 years, I know what my limits are. And I know that if this exact day in our lives were to continue and there would be no changes in the next three to five years, I don't foresee my 55, 65 year old self doing this exact same routine every single day, getting smacked, getting my hair pulled um, when he's frustrated and, and just can't communicate with me. My dream would be that spelling really, really takes off as it has, but still not independently. Um, is he able to communicate with those letter boards or type anything to me yet? It's only been a year and a half. So I'm not rushing him, but um, if that were to improve, if his communication were to improve in some way, that would also be a game changer, I think, for us as far as having him enjoy our retirement years with us. Um, but again, you know, it's it's other guests that I've talked to and other parents um, that have reminded me that Skylar needs a life of his own as well. I think he's probably just as tired of us doing everything for him and dictating everything that he's going to do for the past 19 years um, as much as we're exhausted doing it. So these stories of, of positive outcomes with their children in group homes um, and having roommates who are similar that they can relate to, it's encouraging their sons in those couple of cases to really enhance their skills. I try to think of it like when Skylar was younger and I wanted him around uh, neurotypical peers. And I think we've all gone that route at one point or another, just wanting to make sure that our children weren't isolated and that they could thrive and really benefit from seeing their peers do things. And they might be more encouraged to try new things when they see their peers doing it. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I just don't want Skylar to feel like he's an isolated young man with two old people <laughs> living in our house. And, you know, the only outings and the only experiences he gets are those that he does with his parents. Um, so I don't know. I, I mean, I know I already said it this way, but I, I really have had a complete mind shift on my views of homes. So I've looked around, around the country. I've, I've looked at availability. I've, I've looked at programs. And there are some states that are really really getting it right. Um, I did another episode, gosh, over a year ago um, with 
this woman I love to death. She is so sweet. Dottie Davis. Um, she talked all about Stark in Louisiana and, um, her son is an adult also. And he, um, is in a group home and he is just having the time of his life. He texts or FaceTimes Dottie periodically. Um, and <laughs> she said when she FaceTimes him, he like wants to get off the phone with her. He's, he's got plans. He's busy. Um, but those are the stories I just love hearing because again, I just, I can only imagine and try to picture what Skylar would be like with, uh, peers and roommates that are similar to him. And a lot of these facilities are getting it right. They have, you know, one-on-one aids for everyone in the home that needs it. It's 24-7 care. Um, And, you know, some of the advice I got from um, Joanne was to kind of go the nonprofit route instead of a state-funded facility because the care is better. I think they can pay the caregivers much, much more. And so they're probably happier and stick around longer. Um, And just overall, the services seem to be better. Um, I only have a small sample size uh, to, to, um, you know, consider when it comes to that. But um, I think everything is worth uncovering. So um, I'm sure more to come on that. I will, (laughs) of course, take to the podcast and update you guys on all the things that I find um, as far as resources go. Um, but you know, I think another thing for, for me for this month and why I kind of just wanted to hop on here and just, just spit my (laughs) feelings out to you guys is, um, you know, the last couple of weeks over spring break, I've been taking my daughter who is 16 to a bunch of college visits. And, um, I was emotional to do that on the one hand with her, because I'm so sad that she is going to be a senior in a few months and um, we'll be heading off to college as fast as I can snap my fingers, it feels like. And she's been my confidant, my voice, you know, just my sounding board for everything. And um, because Skylar can't communicate with me uh, yet, um, it's going to be sad to me that she's not going to be in the home. And um, I don't know, there's so many emotions around her going to college. On the one hand, I'm so excited for her and all the things she has planned for her future. And I cannot wait to see all the good in this world that she shares um, because she's so capable. And uh, But, you know, the first question I asked her before we even started setting up any of these college tours is because, as you guys all know, and I'm sure experience, my husband and I, more than likely, we're going to have to divide and conquer. I was going to attend some with her. He was going to attend some with her if she did not want Skylar to be part of it. And so I was never going to um, thrust her brother on her. So I asked her, you know, do you want him to attend any of these tours if we just kind of hang back with him and kind of keep ourselves out of the tour group and just so that Josh and I can go together with you. And um, I said, you're not going to hurt my feelings at all if you want this to be just about you. And she, you know, hesitated for a second because I think I can always tell in her face, I don't think she wants to, um, you know, dismiss her brother or keep him out of anything, but she also doesn't want to hurt my feelings. But I'm proud of her. She said, you know, mom, I really just want this to be about me. I just kind of don't want the distraction of, you know, you guys having to run to the restroom with him or his him being in the stroller and he's clearly, you know, old enough to not be in a stroller and just 
all that comes with it. And I totally understood. So we did that. I, um, I've taken her to three of the college visits, um, by myself, sort of. Um, and then, um, Josh attended one while Skylar was at school. So we were able to take her to one. Um, and then we did another one as a family, uh, cause we had family in the area and, but Josh and Skylar just did their own thing and toured the campus on their own. And, you know, bebopped around and, uh, I did the tour with Kendall. So we made it work. Um, but it's, it's still sad. It's just one of those things like you all have talked about, um, to me numerous times. It's those rites of passage. It's the, I feel like it was the driver's license. And then I had a couple years to, or a year or so to not think about that. And then now it's college visits and I'm like, oh man, this should be the second time I'm doing this, maybe at a whole different um, uh, group of colleges that Kendall wants to see opposed to the ones Skylar wanted to see. And it just brings up mixed emotions because I, I'm so excited for her, but I'm so sad that Skylar isn't going to get to experience these things. I mean, he's just not. It's not me being negative or giving up hope. There is just That's just not in the realm of his possibility, and that's okay. Um, there are a lot of people who don't go to college, so it doesn't really matter to me. But I don't know. It was just kind of sad a little bit that that we're doing this for the, with her for the first time um, and not with Skylar. But it was a cool experience, and I I soaked myself up in every moment, and I did not think about autism. I did not think about Skylar while we were on these college tours, and I made it all about Kendall, and that was my intention. And you know, I, I think she felt that way too. She's really excited and she had a good time at all of them. She's got some big decisions to make, which I don't envy her for. But, um, so yeah, so April's, April's tough. <laughs> it's a tough one this year. I don't know what 20 will bring, but 19 is a little bit of a challenge. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just going to continue on for this month and for myself researching and trying to figure out the best life plan for Skylar, if it's purchasing an apartment next door to our house and putting him in there with a caregiver uh, that's one-on-one -on -one that just gives us a break, we'll do that. If there's a hopefully a residential home or a group home that takes his level of severity near us, then we'll do that. Um, I don't know. <laughs> the sky's the limit for all of these things. So um, I, I would love to hear feedback from any of you that may be listening that have um, young or middle-aged adult um, children, I always still call them children, that have gone through these many questions, these many processes. Um, I'd love to talk to you, have you as a guest on the podcast. I think the more we all share at, at each stage in life um, with each other, the better. It just makes our village that much larger. And, um, I know I have a lot of questions still, so I, I will be, <laughs> I would love to ask those questions to people who have experienced it before or in the thick of it as I am right now. Um, and, and also anyone that's listening that would like to be a guest and share your story. Um, there's so much uniqueness to our children and, um, to the spectrum itself. So I, I want to use this platform to identify anything that anyone hasn't heard. Um, maybe dual diagnoses, diagnoses, however you say it, um, or just anything at all that you feel like hasn't, hasn't, um, been represented 
in any of the episodes and please reach out to me and um, I'd love to have you on as a guest. So thank you all for listening to me babble. Um, I will be sharing lots of pictures of Skylar as his 19th birthday comes up next Thursday and um, yeah, and all the things. I will continue to post throughout April and again, I highly encourage you to do the same. Share your own personal stories, share statistics, share whatever you want to share. I don't care if you wear blue, if you use the puzzle piece, the infinity symbol, um, whatever. I, I don't think any of that matters. I think the more talking we do um, to people in higher positions as well and sharing with them all of the deficits in the systems for our children, um, I, I would hope that there could be some changes made in the next decade at least. So um, anyway, thanks for listening to me <laughs> babble on and um, have a wonderful day. And um, I appreciate each and every one of you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Living the Sky Life and we'll tune in for the next episode coming soon. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Living the Sky Life podcast within Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play so you'll receive alerts when new episodes are released. Subscribing is the best way to ensure you don't miss a single episode. If you like what you hear, be sure to select the five-star rating, provide feedback, and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for listening.